Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat. With Richard Holdridge. And a good morning to everybody out there. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge. Happy to be here on a Wednesday, episode 300. A huge milestone in my podcasting career. I am excited. I feel like I'm just getting started. We have got a great show for you. I'm going to talk about Sean Payton stepping down as the New Orleans Saints head coach. Going to talk about Big Poppy, David Ortiz, making it into the Baseball Hall of Fame for the class of 2022. And Auburn, the number one team in college basketball, gets a scare on the road against Missouri but is able to hold on 55 to 54, 300 episodes. Well, what can I say? I I started this podcast about two years ago because I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. And I was also on the radio station, 95.7 ESPN radio in Columbus. And just after those two experiences, I thought, why not? Why not do a podcast? I had some tough times. The pandemic caused this podcast to the, really the identity of this podcast I didn't know what to expect after the pandemic. I didn't know how I was going to handle publishing this podcast and seeing if I was going to even have an audience. But then I switched gears. I was able to weather the storm, especially when sports returned. I focused more on local sports towards Columbus, especially when I became the public address announcer for Russell County football. I was able to focus on high school football because I was able to pay attention to the games more. That actually turn into a job as the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. So this podcast has given me opportunity and it's allowed me to branch off and do two additional podcasts. So 300 episodes, it's a big milestone. I'm happy and uh, let's go for another milestone. Let's let's go for 400. Let's th- let's keep this thing rolling. I also felt in the last month that I've had more guests on than I've ever had. But I'm bringing back a special favorite guest from the early days of this podcast. Jenny Fisher is going to be joining the show tomorrow. We are going to discuss everything in regards to the NFC Championship between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams and going to get into what intriguing Super Bowl matchup we'd like to see and take a stroll down memory lane as the glory days of the 49ers, five Super Bowl championships, and two of those were against the Cincinnati Bengals. And that would be a nice matchup I'd like to see in the Super Bowl again. We're going to reminisce a little bit about how cool would it be if the 49ers play the Bengals in the Super Bowl, as that was the Super Bowl twice in my lifetime. And so that's going to be a good show. So you don't want to miss it. I got the Columbus Rapids podcast today with Matt Austin. The head coach, Eddie Miranda, is going to be the guest on the podcast. So you want to check that out. I also have the other podcast, Freed Harmon Sports Report. I got three episodes. It's just a quick, hey, this is what happened during the weekend. If you're a Freed Harmon Sports fan, you might want to check that out. 
because I actually drop a bombshell in the third episode, which is kind of cool. I'm half kidding, but am I? I don't know. All right, let's get right into the show because Sean Payton steps down as the head coach for the New Orleans Saints. This broke late afternoon yesterday. And now what is his legacy? Where is he going to go? Is he going to go coach the Cowboys? Is he going to go into the booth in the broadcast booth for Fox? The criticism about Sean Payton is that he could not win without Drew Brees. And that went that was proof this year with the quarterback situation that he had and the injuries. But what is Sean Payton's legacy? He took over a Saints team that was just in turmoil in the 2006 season after Hurricane Katrina. They were misplaced, and they had just a terrible season. In comes Sean Payton in 2006 and Drew Brees. Remember, Drew Brees was the quarterback for the San Diego Chargers. He fails a physical with Miami. Imagine if Nick Saban had Drew Brees in Miami. He probably never would have left the Dolphins, and we don't have the Alabama dynasty today. But Drew Brees goes to New Orleans with Sean Payton in 2006, And they make this improbable run to the NFC Championship to take on the Chicago Bears. But that moment in Saints history when they started out 2-0 and they were taking on the Atlanta Falcons in the Superdome and that Steve Gleason blocked punt, which is now a statue outside the Superdome, just is engraved in New Orleans Saints history. And then his one shining moment came in 2009 when the Saints went 13-3 and and they won the Super Bowl. And they beat Peyton Manning and the Colts. And it was creative play calling by Sean Payton going for the onside kick to start the second half of that Super Bowl. As much as I disliked the Saints, I was happy that they won that Super Bowl for the community of New Orleans because of Hurricane Katrina. But that was it. After that, they never even got close to going back to the Super Bowl. They've had some 11-5 and five years. They had a showdown with the 49ers. It was dubbed the catch three. Vernon Davis, 36-32. to 32. It was going back and forth. They had Darren Sproles, and they had Jimmy Graham. And the Saints had some weapons. But now this is hurting Sean Payton's legacy. Bounty Gate. He's suspended for the entire 2012 season because of Bounty Gate. The 2011 season was when we later found out that the Saints defensive players and their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, was putting bounties out on offensive players. And I was offended as a 49ers fan that they were trying to take the head off of Alex Smith and they were trying to injure Frank Gore. And I wasn't going for it. That hurt the Saints' legacy for a little bit. And they had some they had three straight losing seasons. I didn't think the Saints were going to recover from Bounty Gate. And then, and even though Drew Brees, during those mediocre years, Drew Brees was putting up 5,000 yards a game, but their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Then comes in a very special player, a versatile running back in Alvin Kamara. For the 2017 season. Dennis Allen is now the defensive coordinator. They've got players like Cam Hayward, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore. They completely improved their defense. 
And then the Saints go on this improbable run where they win 13 games every year but had heartbreak in the playoffs every single year. Let's start with the Minneapolis Miracle. The Saints had this game won. Then Stephon Diggs gets that touchdown right at the end of the play. The following year, the controversial pass interference call that kept the Saints out of the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship in 2019, which led the Rams to go into the Super Bowl. The year after that, they lose to the Vikings again as Kyle Rudolph gets the the touchdown in the end zone in overtime. It looked like it might have been offensive pass interference. And then the fourth playoff heartbreak, after beating Tom Brady in the regular season twice, they lose to him in the playoffs. And then Drew Brees retires. And Sean Payton's final year with Jameis Winston being injured and they had Taysom Hill and they had Trevor Simeon and they beat the Falcons on the last play of the game. On the, on the last game of the season, they beat the Falcons. They beat them pretty bad, knowing that that's the only way they can get into the playoffs because the 49ers are down 17-0 to the Rams. And I don't know if Sean Payton would still be the coach of the Saints if the Saints made the playoffs. But what does this mean for the Saints? Who is going to replace Sean Payton, are they back to mediocrity? Because Sean Payton and Drew Brees, for the past 15 years, completely changed the culture in New Orleans, for good and for bad, because Bounty Gate is something that's going to always be on his resume for the rest of his career if he decides to go back and coach again. But Falcons fans are happy. I'm telling you right now, the Atlanta Falcons are celebrating because they don't like this guy. You remember the choke sign he made to Devonta Freeman? Yeah, they remember that too. And if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, there's a possibility that Tom Brady might retire. We don't know the situation in Carolina with their quarterback. Matt Rule is on the hot seat. Sean Payton retires from the Saints. If Matt Ryan's going to play another seven years, this division is for the taking especially if Tom Brady decides to retire. So if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, you got to be ecstatic this morning that Sean Payton is no longer the head coach of the Saints. All right, so last night I turned on the MLB Network because I wanted to see the results of the 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame class. And congratulations to former designated hitter for the Boston Red Sox and Minnesota Twins, can't forget about the Twins, David Ortiz, Big Poppy makes it into the Hall of Fame, well-deserving, 10-time All-Star. He won three world championships with the Boston Red Sox. He was clutch in the postseason. He had over 500 home runs, and he becomes the first true designated hitter to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And he retired in 2016. Very happy for him. He could be one of the greatest Boston Red Sox of all time, And I believe that 2004 Boston Red Sox World Series championship may be the greatest sports story of all time. I'm still shocked they haven't made a movie about it. I know that fever pitch, that doesn't count. 
but David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame. What's shocking is that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are not in the Hall of Fame. They are denied the 75% voting that they need to have to get into the Hall of Fame. And now, in their final year on the ballot, they go to the Veterans Committee. Someday, they might get into the Hall of Fame, but it's not going to be voted in by the writers. These baseball writers have really been sticking to their guns. If you're accused of steroids, you should not get it. Alex Rodriguez only got 35% of the vote. This was his first year. If you look at his numbers, because he was accused of steroids, because he tested positive for steroids, he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame anytime soon. So 35% of the ballot, David Ortiz is the only player to make it into the Hall of Fame this year. So congratulations to him. A lot of people forget that he was also on the Minnesota Twins from 1997 to 2002, came over to the Boston Red Sox, and the rest is history. Won a World Series with the Red Sox in 2004, 2007, and 2013. The Boston Red Sox have been the team of the century. They've won four World Series titles. That's more than the San Francisco Giants. The Giants have three. The Cardinals have two. So, yeah, if you're looking at, like, the teams of this century, right now the Boston Red Sox have four World Series titles. So the Yankees won, you know, 25 last year. Uh, The Yankees won 25 last century. All right, what a scare last night in Columbia, Missouri, for the number one team in college basketball. And I got to tell you, I took a little peek of this game. Auburn, their shooting woes. And they survive against the Missouri Tigers, who are 8 and 11. They survive against the Missouri Tigers, 55 to 54. And it's got to be hard being the number one team in the country because now you got a big target on your back. And Auburn, their first outing as the number one team in the country, barely hold on against Missouri. They will take on the Oklahoma Sooners this Saturday in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. That's always fun. I like, I like seeing that. Looking at some of the other SEC games, Georgia finally gets an SEC win by defeating the Alabama Crimson Tide. Looks like that national championship against Alabama is rubbing off on the basketball team. They're able to beat the Crimson Tide 82-76, to and they are now 6-14 and on the season. I still think Tom Crean is done, but Aaron Cook, he gets 15 points. Jabari Abdur-Rahim... I wonder if he's related to Sharif Abdul-Rahim, the standout at Joseph Wheeler, um, a legend in Marietta, Georgia. But Georgia has a very good second half, and they're able to get the win. And Georgia will take on Vanderbilt this Saturday in Nashville. We had some high school basketball games last night, and unfortunately there was a big brawl between Carver and Shaw. Uh, Shaw comes out with the win. Carver's just having a very disappointing season this year. You also have uh, Russell County. They lose to Harris County, and Russell County's 11-11 on the season. They'll take on Northside next Monday night. As many of you know, I'm the PA announcer for Russell County basketball. I'm trying to get the Russell County PA announcer job for baseball, even though they haven't hired a new coach yet, and I've already told 
some of the people that are making the decision that I'm going to miss about seven games because of the Columbus Rapids and then my obligation with the military. So with that being said, it's always been a dream of mine to be a public address announcer for baseball. So hopefully, if it's not with Russell County, I'm hoping it's with somebody else. Because I was offered the PA announcing job for the Columbus Chattahoots in, in the summertime, and I had to turn it down because of military obligations. That's neither here or there. So you got some Peach Belt Conference action tonight. A doubleheader. The women's team and the men's team taking on Georgia Southwestern University at the Lumpkin Center. The Lady Cougars will start the tip-off at 5.30. And the Cougars will start the tip-off at 7.30. And as always, you can listen to those games on 88.5 WCUZ as Scott Miller doing the play-by-play. Columbus State comes into this contest 13-4 on the season and 5-3 in the Peach Belt. They're 6-1 and one at home. They had that one loss to Flagler. The Lady Cougars come into this contest 10-8 and eight overall and 3-5 and five in the Peach Belt Conference. It's always great looking forward to Columbus State Cougars basketball. Hey, the Atlanta Hawks. Last night in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers welcomed back Anthony Davis, and they defeated the shorthanded Brooklyn Nets. Remember, Brooklyn does not have Kevin Durant, and they don't have James Harden because this was a home game for Brooklyn. So the Lakers took advantage. This is what the Lakers do. They're hovering over 500. If they're under 500, they're going to get the win. They just feel like playing whenever they feel like it. LeBron James had 33 points. They're now 24-24 and 24 on the season. This does not dictate who the Lakers are because they are a very bad basketball team that just beats up on teams that are worse than them. And Brooklyn was shorthanded. This was a televised game. Of course, LeBron is going to show out. James Harden had 33 points for the Brooklyn Nets. Anthony Davis played 25 minutes. He had eight points. But if the Lakers are going to start winning, and if we're going to take them seriously when it gets to the playoffs, they're going to have to have players step up like Avery Bradley or Malik Monk because this team is just pieced together with a bunch of veterans that are past their prime. Looking at the other NBA action last night, the Golden State Warriors demolished the Dallas Mavericks 130-92, to and the Celtics demolished the Sacramento Kings 128-75. to Well, the Kings have to travel to Atlanta because tonight they're taking on the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are winners of four straight as they get ready for their big showdown against the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday at State Farm Arena. I remember that that was always a hot ticket. Like, you cannot get a ticket to the Lakers-Hawks, but we'll see. Now when I think about it, we got the conference championships coming up this weekend. We have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. And I talked about the Super Bowl matchups I want to see. First of all, everybody wants to see Chiefs and Rams because that 54-51 to regular season game a couple of years ago, they want to see if that's duplicated, especially now that the Rams have Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. Personally, I want to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl because I felt in the beginning of the season they were favorites to reach the Super Bowl if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. They're getting healthy right at the right time. They're a dangerous team. Nobody wants to play them. But would I rather see them play the Bengals? Of course. Because I feel they already beat the Bengals in the regular season. And that would be nice to go down memory lane and talk about the two times the 49ers played the Bengals in previous Super Bowls. 
Not really a fan of seeing the 49ers and Chiefs again. We saw this Super Bowl two years ago. But I also think about that revenge factor that the 49ers were down 23-10 to 10 against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, uh, switching gears on a sad note, uh, I just remembered uh, that today is the two-year anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant. And I just want to reflect on that just a little bit before I close this show. Because Kobe was just a once-in-a-generation player. And I was a fan of his game. I wasn't necessarily a fan of his team or what he did to the Sacramento Kings in the early 2000s. But his death was shocking. I remember exactly where I was. I was driving on I-75 in Atlanta, listening to Atlanta Sports Talk Radio like I always do. And the word came out that there was a helicopter crash. And it was confirmed, I think, five minutes later after the broadcast that Kobe Bryant died. It wasn't, it was, it was the most shocking news I, I've ever heard when it came to a sports figure. It wasn't like he was in a bad accident and he was in critical condition. Like we, we always hear about like if, when athletes are fighting for their lives and they're in critical condition, but this was quick. He died instantly. And I don't know how to comprehend exactly what happened two years ago, but it shook up the sports world like you wouldn't believe. And I remember I started this podcast about two years ago. I got on sports talk radio and I just talked about the impact he had on the game. And he retired four years earlier. Remember Kobe retired in 2016. He still had the impact on the game. He was doing such great things. Won an Oscar. He had that basketball camp, the Mamba Academy. It just, I really felt sad because his daughter passed away in the helicopter crash as well. And it broke my heart, especially as a father of two girls. It really broke my heart. And I just continue to pray for the family and Kobe's legacy will always live on. That's why I wasn't too upset that the Lakers won the title in 2020, you know, doing it for Kobe. And uh, Kobe Bryant was the most competitive, most intense basketball player in my lifetime, even, even more than Jordan. I mean, I watched The Last Dance. I've watched all 10 episodes. Jordan was a competitor, but Kobe just had a different gear. And that's what made him so special and... Two years to this day, he still is missed, and that is still shocking as a sports fan. And I just had to reflect back on the two-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death because as crazy as 2020 was, that's how 2020 got kicked off. And then the sports world went in a tailspin when leagues were starting to get canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. Don't forget, I'm going to have Jenny Fisher on the show tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. This is going to be her third appearance on the Sports Beat as we are going to talk everything 49ers-Rams in the NFC Championship game. And we're going to reflect on this San Francisco-Los Angeles rivalry that has always been heated and 
the 49ers are now going to have to beat three rivals to make it to the Super Bowl, which is incredible. All right. Well, everybody enjoy the rest of your day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.